Hey everybody, part two. We had to adjust some lighting. We're back. Like part two. You didn't even know we were gone though. We're just letting you know. Welcome back to lunch with PB and J. That's J. That's me. That's PB. <laughs> That's PB. There you go. All right. Should have rehearsed that first. Uh, we should have. We didn't rehearse anything today. In case you thought most of our podcasts are very well rehearsed, you are sadly, sadly mistaken. They are not. They're not rehearsed at all. It's all live, <laughs> sort of. Um, so we are continuing in Psalm chapter 119, and we are at section number nine, stanza number nine, uh, as we've been saying. We're working or our way through verse 65. Verse 65. Teth. <laughs> I really should learn how to. <laughs> he says this every time. I say it with such confidence, he though, mean don't it. I? Yeah. So that's where we're going to pick up and we're going to keep going mm -hmm. and it's been good. I've, I'm enjoying it. It's good. Good. Meaty. Meaty. Like lunch should be. <laughs> should always have meat. Too. Should always have meat involved. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to read through it. Uh, so you remember, we're just reading through the eight verses of each stanza and then we'll go back and we'll, we'll pull out some of the things that stood out to us as we go through it. Right. How's that sound? Good. Sound good? Mm -hmm. Look nice today. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, verse 65 says, You have done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me. I just bit my tongue. That was what that... <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> it hurt. Verse 67 I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Arrogant people smear me with lies, but in truth, I obey your commandments with all my heart. Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. I'm going to let Joy go first today. Okay. So uh, when I when you read that first through, I just I see the I just see the maturity that's coming through, and it's the fact that God's word brings us maturity. Um, and you see, like he talks about, he talk, you know, I just I labeled on mine, teach me. Mm -hmm. Because you see this theme, he says three times, either teach me or or for it taught me to pay attention. So you just see that like, you just see the maturity that's come because they're they're teachable. Mm -hmm. You know, this person's teachable. And it talks about the, di the discipline and suffering um, calls us to take God's word more serious. And I just, I think that's powerful because a lot of times like, None of us like discipline. We don't like suffering. We don't like to go through hardship. Yeah. But the when we can look back on it, we, the benefit is to see that it helps us to take God more serious, mm -hmm. you know, and to not take things so lightly. And so, yeah, I just, I read that part through and it just showed me that um, you just see the maturity, the growth mm -hmm. in in this person. Yeah, I, I so I... This is what I saw in 70, verse 67. It says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, yeah. but now I closely follow your word. Mm -hmm. And I had this, the, the thought that went through my head. You've heard that expression before. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Mm -hmm. You ever heard that phrase before? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, when he says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me. Now, I don't know. Maybe I misread the tone of that. Uh, I guess that could be, I used to wander off, then you disciplined me, and now I don't wander off anymore. <laughs> I read it more like, I used to wander off until you disciplined me. Like, I would I would wander yeah. until you disciplined me, and then I would come back and I would ask for forgiveness. Yeah. But now I don't do that. Now I follow closely to your word. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. How did you take that? Yeah. No, the second. I, I get that. I get what like you're he, saying. He wandered until he was disciplined, and then he came back? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's funny because that was just immediately how it read to me yeah. until just now. And I thought, oh, I guess that could be taken a different <laughs> Either way. way. <laughs> so there's, I guess there's a couple different tones you could take with that. But 
Um, I took it that way. So maybe that's maybe that was just how God dealt with me. Um, but this idea of that we used to, there there are people that that wander away from God until they feel like there's consequences. Well, you know, it's almost like God found me out, and so now you there's talk about like phrases. What what about the phrase that says some people have to learn the hard way? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and so I, I think if that's how you are, all right, or if you know somebody that way or whatever. I think it's important for us. You talk about maturity and I think it's just at some point that mentality has to change Mm -hmm. uh, from this. Well, I'm just going to do what I want until my life becomes a train wreck and then I'm going to come back to God and I'm going to ask for forgiveness Um, because that's just not, it's not what a healthy relationship is. (laughs) Like it's not a healthy relationship, whether it's your relationship between you and God, whether it's relationship with a spouse uh, whether it's a child-parent relationship, right. like to have this mentality of I'm going to do whatever I want until I get found out and then there's consequences, mm-hmm. um, it's just not healthy. Yeah. It's not what it looks like, right? And so uh, we have to, we have to, we have this opportunity. This is what I, I, I've, God's been kind of showing me this lately is I, I feel like we have this opportunity with God to really find out what healthy relationships look like. That's good, yeah. Right. And because a lot of our relationships are suspect, they're, they're shaky at times. And so we have this opportunity, though, with God on the other side of our relationship, who is perfect. Yeah. And so the way he deals with us is perfect. The way he loves us is perfect. Mm-hmm. The way he corrects us is perfect. Mm-hmm. And so and, and he does it all from this place of unending unchanging yeah. un un uh, he doesn't waver unfailing love that's yeah. the word i was looking for unfailing and and so he loves us so perfectly that if we can learn from that mm-hmm. we can then it, it then becomes a, a template for every other relationship in our lives yeah. and so to get rid of this mentality of i'm going to see what i can get away with and then when i'm found out then i'll come back like we do this with God, but we do this with everybody. And so if we could learn, we have this, yeah, it just kind of hit me. We have this opportunity with God to learn what a real healthy relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. And we need to take advantage of that opportunity. And was it last week we even talked about the idea of relationships? We see them in the Bible. Like we mm-hmm. see the perspective of relationship in the Bible. where you know, the yeah. mar- marriage yeah. and God and children and yeah. God. And so you see that. So he, he gives the... How would you word it? He gives it the the parallel for you to see. There is. There's. There's so. There. There's. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna get off track. But I'll talk about something some other time. It's in the book I just finished reading. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's fascinating, but it's not for today. <laughs> so stop pushing me on it. Okay. Um. So the, yeah. So that was verse sixty-seven. Verse seventy-one. Uh. It says, "My suffering was good for me. Yeah. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees, and." Uh, again, it's just we have to we have to begin to learn from these moments yeah. that God, if, if there is correction from God, we understand that it comes from a place of love mm-hmm. um, as a good parent, mm-hmm. right? And so it comes from that place. And so we've got to learn to 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 learn from those moments, be uh, either through circumstances, and there's all kinds of examples of that where. Mm-hmm. You know, we've made mistakes, we've gone against God, whatever, and there was suffering that came as a result of it. And understand, not that God caused it, all right? So this is a big point right here. You understand, right? Like, you make choices that go against the Word of God Mm -hmm. and against the lifestyle that God wants you to live. There are consequences that come with that. And so uh, it's not that God caused your suffering, it's that you pursued a path that led into suffering. Yeah. And so God wants, and so it's, this is what this guy's saying is, is my suffering was good for me because it caught, it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, I was out doing my own thing. Suffering came as yeah. a result of, of that, sin. of uh, as a result of sin. And so this has taught me. And so whether that's, uh, that could even be, we could even learn from those broken moments yeah. between us and God. Yeah. So if you've ever experienced, uh, I've told the story several times. I had that. 
at a broken moment like that where God asked me to do something. Uh, he gave me a decree, all right, a direction for my life. I said, no, just no, anything God, anything God but that, no. Um, I don't need to talk about it, right? I don't care. I don't know. I don't know. Most of you have already heard the story anyway. I might give a deeper. I was dating a girl and I was praying, God, uh, I was just, I was looking for direction in my life. I was dating somebody at the time and um, I felt very, very clearly, God say, that relationship needs to come to an end. Mm -hmm. And my immediate response, I mean, immediate response was, God, I'll give you anything but that. Mm You know, right after praying, God, I'll give you anything. He said, give me that. And yeah. I said, I'll give you anything but that. And what resulted from that was six months of the only thing I can describe it as is is like a spiritual depression mm-hmm. where God just went silent in my life. Yeah. And it was just, it was eerie. It was quiet. Uh, I don't think that I was not saved at the time. It's not that. It was just like silence between me and God yeah. until uh, I came around to, okay, God, I heard you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I recognize that I heard him. I don't want this between us anymore. And so I ended the relationship um, and I just, I came back, I continued to pursue God and he's there. And as soon as that happened, man, everything just lifted right. and shifted and it changed and it, 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 it resulted in me praying a different kind of prayer where I said, God, I'll never say no again. (laughs) And so I can honestly say like my suffering was good for me. And that that's a, that's an example of my suffering was good for me because it taught me to pay attention to his decrees. Um, it it taught me when God says something, it's for your benefit. Mm -hmm. I would not be sitting here with Jay (laughs) if I had not done that. All right. Um, and so yeah, it, it, it was for my benefit. Mm-hmm. It was 100% for my benefit. I think that's important to kind of give an explanation of what that discipline looks like mm-hmm. in our life sometimes because uh, a lot of times we just think anything bad that happens has no meaning or benefit to our life. And I don't, I don't feel like that's true. I feel like God uses the things that yeah. are disciplinary to draw us closer to Him. I feel like another thing could be like conviction. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, yeah, when we when we read God's word and it causes us to feel like great conviction over something, he's he's doing that in order for us to pay attention to his word. Yeah. And draw close back to him. Um, but a lot of people are uncomfortable with conviction. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know what to do with it. No, they don't. And 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 let me just clarify too. Not not all suffering is a result of your sin. Yeah. Okay? Let me just Throw that out there for all the people that are trying to get really defensive right now and you're starting to send me a text or an email, you can stop, okay? There's a scripture about that in the New Testament um, if you want to find it. And so yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not yeah. saying that all all suffering is as a result of you doing something wrong or being outside of the will of God. That's not what I'm saying at all, which is also why I'm saying he doesn't cause our suffering, Right. okay? Um, sin causes suffering, mm-hmm. all right? There are times where, so when we talk about correction, God correcting us, or in my instance of just this silence from God, uh, that came as a result of a decision that I made. God was trying to give me a direction, give me an order. I was in rebellion to God, which caused silence and, and yeah, a suffering yeah. in my life as I was separated, as I felt separated. Mm-hmm. I felt a separation. In reality, God's right there yeah. uh, the whole time, so... Yeah, I think, yeah, people do have huge issues with conviction, especially mm-hmm. today, because we're told, you know, you can do no wrong. Everything yeah. everything is okay. It's all about feeling good all the it's time. It's all about feeling good all the time and just encouragement and participation trophies and just try hard, all right? And um, the fact is, is that we mess up. Yeah. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is in us to convict us of sin so that we don't wander farther away from God. Right. And so... Conviction is a good thing. We, we always say um, that if you are not feeling conviction, that's a terrible mm-hmm. sign because the conviction is a sign that the Holy Spirit is at work in yeah. you, right? Yeah. I kind of think about it in the physical sense of um, like in our bodies, we have, we can experience pain 
when when we're doing something dangerous, you know, you stick yeah. your hand in the fire, you experience pain. And so that's actually a good thing that you experience pain because what if you didn't experience pain? You'd end up really, really hurting yourself mm -hmm. because you, you felt nothing. You felt yeah. no pain. So pain and suffering um, will keep us from danger. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that warning. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. All right. Let's go on to the next section. Pronounce that one for us, Joy. <laughs> Yoda. <laughs> that's not Yoda. It's I don't know Yoda what it is. But. At all. Um, but that's exactly what I was <laughs> going to say as well. That is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> so I did have an interesting little thing about this one, okay? So uh, I'm going to show you a picture of what this looks like. Um, that will be in post-edit. Ooh, cool. So we'll add that in later. Okay. Um, so this is what uh, this letter of the Hebrew alphabet looks like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and <laughs> this is, so in Matthew chapter 18, there's a, a verse that Jesus, Jesus speaking, says, for assuredly, I say to you until heaven and earth pass away, not one, one jot or tittle, mm -hmm. till heaven and earth pass away. One jot or tittle will by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled. So a jot and a tittle, all right? This letter would be the jot that Jesus is referring to. Mm -hmm. As you can, as you saw in the picture, it kind of almost looks like an apostrophe, all right? So it's just a very small mark in the Hebrew uh, alphabet. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, it's one of those, it's one of those letters that makes a, you know, letters make differences. Y'all yeah. can agree <laughs> on that, right? Um, and so what he was saying by that, and so it'd be it'd be similar to our expression in the English language where we say, uh, dot your I's and cross your T's. Mm -hmm. It's the smallest detail. You know, if you just have an I, if you have a lowercase I mm -hmm. and you don't put the dot on it's over it, it could look like an L, <laughs> right? If you have a T and you don't cross it, again, it could look like an L. It looks like something different. And so those little details are very, very important. They matter. And so what Jesus was saying at the time in Matthew is that um, everything God has said will happen down to the smallest detail, down to even the little jot mm -hmm. of this letter. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. This is the letter that he was referring to when he <laughs> said a jot. All right. Doesn't really have anything to do with this passage <laughs> of scripture. I just thought it was interesting. Okay. Thought I'd pass on that to you. Verse 73 says, you made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. I just think that sounds funny. Uh, may all who fear you find in me a cause for joy. For I have put my hope in your word. I know, O Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Now let your unfailing love comfort me just as you promised me. Your servant uh, so just as you promised me, your servant. Surround me with your tender mercy so I may live, for your instructions are my delight. Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. Let me be united with all who fear you, with those who know your laws. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees. Then I will never be ashamed. Mm -hmm. Me? Go. Um, I I just kind of wrote down in the margin of my Bible when I read that the fact. So in seventy five it says, "I know, O Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it." Mm -hmm. And it's kind of going back to the the other stanza about discipline, and he's kind of covering that. But it's this. I just asked myself this question: Do we know that God's word and His discipline are fair? Like, do I know that? Do I know that in my relationship with him? Because I think a lot of us may, you know, maybe we know it in our heads, but we don't really know it in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so we fight it. We fight God's discipline. We fight God's word because we feel like, you know, God, you're not fair. And I feel like it goes back to that that childish mentality in the, in the first one it brought out to me the maturity that God's word brings. But when we have the mentality of, you know, God, you're not fair. It just made me think of a child, mm -hmm. you know, because um, like right now, like I have younger, <laughs> I have younger kids. And then I know as they get older and older and when they have families of their own, their mindset's going to change. Yeah. 
and they're going to have the mindset of, oh, I understood. Now I understand what mom and dad were saying, what they right. were doing, why they did this, why they made me do this, you know. Um, but right now, sometimes because they're in that childish mindset, it doesn't really always make sense to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, to me, it kind of goes back to that first stanza of just, this is why we need God to teach us. And this is why we need to mature in God, because we have to come to the place like this, this, the psalmist did here of, God, I know that your regulations are fair. I know that you're fair. And that helps me in my life because... A lot of times when you have things going on, I may not understand what God is doing, but when I can look at God and say, God, I know that you're, you're nature, you're fair, you're mm-hmm. good, you're just. Like everything that you let happen in my life um, when I surrender to you is, is an act of love. It's mm-hmm. not you, you're, you're not, you're not being mean to me, Yeah. you know? So I, I just wrote that down. I wrote the fact of just, you know, are we at that place that we can call God, God's word fair mm-hmm. and we can call his discipline fair. And then the next line says, now let your unfailing love comfort me just as you promised me your servant. And I feel like first we have to get to the place where we recognize God's fair and then we can let him comfort us Yeah. once we get to that place. Because you really can't receive God's comfort in your life. When you're just all the time at war with him, it's good. Yeah. You're, this is not fair. This is not fair. Why is this going on? Why are you, you know, when we're all the time arguing with him and really resisting him, we we can't really accept his comfort yeah. that he gives us. So that's kind of what I got out of that. Is it's almost an an answer to the whole discipline thing, right? Yeah. Is the person's really working through? God, I know, I know you're fair. Mm-hmm. I needed the discipline that I got in my life. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, I I wrote down on on I think it was verse seventy six, just that uh, he corrects us. It, it's it's that idea of we're always remembering that even when God corrects us, it's because He loves us. Mm-hmm. And and correction is tolerable when you understand and believe that that person giving it to you loves you. Yes. Whether that's a parent giving it to a child, a child receiving it from a parent. Yeah. If that's a a, a, boss. a boss coming and maybe not loving you, but, you know, they respect you mm-hmm. um, and they, they do like, like they want the best for you. Right. They want you to succeed and be successful, whether that's a friend, whatever it is and whatever kind of correction it is, yeah. when you understand that that other person um, loves you, correction should be tolerable, mm-hmm. right? We shouldn't buck against it mm-hmm. and fight it. And, and instead, we should use it for exactly what it's meant to be. And not to interrupt you, but yeah. it goes back to just what you said earlier that God's word is supposed to teach us about healthy relationships. Right. See, that's a healthy response to yeah. correction and yeah. discipline. We don't see it these days with other things, mm-hmm. but with God, that's what it should look like. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think so. An, another part of the verse for me was um, where it talks about may, may all who fear you find in me a cause. For joy, for I have put my hope in your word. I think it's just a challenge for us to live in such a way that others can see. So other, I think sometimes as believers, as followers of Jesus, we, we have a tendency sometimes to be the most judgmental towards mm-hmm. other believers. Yeah. And um, there's, even, there's even an aspect of when somebody is really, really trying, I'm trying to think how to word this, but just really trying to live for God, like yeah. just follow God's commands. And sometimes we can make fun of that person. Yeah. We can think they're going to extremes. And and some of it is because even when we are living our lives in such a way that we are, you know, we're okay, I'm going to live for God, but we can be so uppity about it. Mm-hmm. And so like, well, I just can't, you just, all fun is wrong. Um, you know, kind of thing. But I just, I read that and he says, may all who fear you. So in other words, he's not even talking about lost people. He's not talking about people that don't believe in God. He's talking about other believers. Right. And he says, may all who fear you find in me a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what we're going through, when we follow God mm-hmm. and we follow his word, our lives should inspire other believers right. to a place of hope. Yeah. Right. 
And so no matter what's happening, no matter what we're going through, other believers should be able to look at us and see in us a cause mm -hmm. for joy of even if I'm going through something, mm -hmm. even something's affecting me or you, whatever it is, that people can look to us and we're that source. Yeah. Um, we're, we're an example yeah. to, to one another, an encouragement to one another. So even if it's not us uh, going and giving them a word of encouragement, it's them looking at us They're and going, right. man, right. if they can be, yeah. if they can follow God's word, yeah. If they can live for God the way that they're living, if they can totally sell out to him uh, and their life be okay mm -hmm. and look good, then then maybe I can do it as well. Yeah. It reminds me of Paul in the book of Philippians. Yeah. Just as you're talking yeah. and that mentality. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It reminds me of that. And then lastly, the the verse 78 there says, bring, uh, bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. Meanwhile, I'll concentrate on your commands. Uh, listen. I, when we were in Tennessee, uh, we used to have a uh, ministry there called Mission 615. It was a, it was an extension of the church that we were a part of, and, and one of our guys on staff, Eric, uh, he still runs Mission 615 to this day, and it, it's a ministry that um, ministers to uh, the homeless in Nashville and inner city kids there, and so for a while, we had this building that was kind of outside of downtown, and we would bus everybody in. For a service so there'd be a service there'd be kids ministry that would go on for these kids and and so different campuses would come down and we, we'd volunteer there and i remember going down one time and for some reason i always got we'd, we'd show up and eric would just kind of assign roles to everybody that was volunteering like hey you guys are on the food team you're on the prayer team you're doing this you're doing that i went down one time and i was on i whenever i whenever i wasn't speaking at mission 615 i for some reason was on security detail check out these um, look at those guns right there all right uh so that got put on i got put on security detail and here's the deal it was the kids that that you had to do security with and I broke up two different fights, uh, two different occasions. But this one time, I just remember talking to this one kid and I just, I got, people were, people came running outside from the kid's building and they're like, there's a fight, these kids are fighting. And so I go running over there and I had to go in, I grabbed one kid and I drag him outside, literally, <laughs> I drag him outside and I like sat him down and he's pushing up against me and I just sat him down and he's, he's, I say he's a kid, he's like 12, but he's a big 12 year old, okay? Yeah. And he's just, he's mad. And I'm like, dude, what is wrong? I'd broken up a fight with this kid before. And I'm like, dude, what's wrong? And he goes, man, that dude, that dude called me and whatever he called him. And I'm like, okay, what else? And he's like, man, then he's, he's looking at me. I'm like, what else? <laughs> and he's like, man, he just, he disrespected me. And I said, okay. And like the kid just couldn't figure out where I was going with it. And I'm like, listen, life sucks. <laughs> And people suck sometimes. And the sooner you realize that, the better off you're going to be. Mm -hmm. I said, you can't just keep responding yeah, to people like this. Yeah. And so here, here, I just think it's great. This is basically what's happening, okay, is this guy's going, bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lie. People yeah. have lied about him. Yeah. They're, tell they're talking behind his back. They're gossiping. They're telling lies about him. And he could have just went and dropped the gloves and went after him, right? And he's just like, I'm going to handle this myself. Because yeah. this kid that I was talking to, he's like, man, where I come from, this is the way it's got to be. If somebody disrespects you, you got to fight. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't. You have a choice. You have a choice. You're going to fight everybody for the rest of your life. Yeah. Or you just got to figure out that sometimes people suck. All right? And so this guy's like, listen, God, there's people telling lies about me. So here's, here's he's like, God, go get them. Yeah. Sick him, God. Sick yeah. him, right? And he says, but in the meantime, I'm going to concentrate on your commands. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you get so focused on the people that attack you, I promise you, you're not going to be able to focus on the commands of God. That's good. It's distracting. It's distracting. Yeah. It's distracting. And the commands of God are not going to go tell you to destroy that person. Yeah. And so all you have, so what we have to do is we have to focus on the word of God, the commands of God. Mm -hmm. And just God, and then trust God with the rest. Yeah. Trust that God's got your back. And there's nobody better to have your back than God. That's good. I like how it says, it says, bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. It's not saying, I'm going to go bring disgrace. No. It's, it's, it's giving. It's leaving it to God. It's giving God that issue. Yeah. Yeah. Because even that, the arrogant people who lied about me, there's some people that just think they're better than you. Yeah. 
and they think that they can get away with anything. And so you desperately want to bring out the truth or whatever. But guys, I'm telling you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And even in God like, will handle it. He'll deal it. That sounds it. so, that sounds so, honestly, sometimes it, when we read through stuff, it almost sounds so unrighteous to say like, God, bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. But like Ben talked about, I guess, last Sunday, Sunday, just the fact that God knows your heart. So be honest with him when you pray. Be honest. Our problem is we get on the phone or we get on text message or we get on social media and we want to bring disgrace on people. Yeah. And the thing is, take it to God and be blunt with God and be real with God. But stop taking it to other people and bringing disgrace. Leave it to yeah. God. We feel like we got to we gotta let everybody know, hey, this isn't true. And yeah. this is that. Listen, your friends know who you are. Your family <laughs> knows who you are. Right. All right. Anybody that's going to le- believe lies about you isn't close enough to you to matter. Yeah. And so you got to let God deal with it. The right. truth will always come out in the end. Yeah. I promise you, I've experienced it in my own life. I've sat there and had people run their mouth behind my back. The truth always comes yeah. out in the end. Yeah. And so it's not it's not being passive. It's not being walked over. It's yeah. not being any of those things. It's trusting God. God, I'm going to focus on your commands. Yes. I'm going to love you. I'm going to live. Because here's the other thing. When we focus on God's commands, it's living a life of integrity. Mm-hmm. It's living a life of integrity to the point where no one's going to believe lies about you. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other aspect of it is if you will live a life of integrity led by the commands of God, nobody will believe lies about you. It's the best way to defend yourself. And that's the thing is, again, I've had people spread lies about me. Yeah. And everybody they talk to just goes, that doesn't sound like Ben. (laughs) That doesn't sound like him. Let me go talk to him. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Truth will come out, guys. All right. Uh, Let's go on. Verse 81 says, I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? I'm shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? Will you punish those who persecute me? These arrogant people who hate your instructions have dug deep pits to trap me. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause. They almost finished me. Excuse me. They almost finished me off, but I refuse to abandon your commandments. In your unfailing love, spare my life. Then I can continue to obey your laws. Mm-hmm. Me? Right, go. <laughs> I said you were going to start all day. Um, today. He's putting me on the spot. Um, I. I just loved this one. It sounds kind of like a downer, what he's saying. But I loved this one because this is real life, Mm -hmm. right? This is just real, raw life. It's real relationship with God that we have because we're all going to have moments where we have times of questions and times of waiting in our life. And if you haven't experienced that, then just wait because you're you're going to. Mm -hmm. You're going to experience this time with God where you're just like praying about something or you're pleading with God about something and you're waiting for him to come through. And um, so the, what I got out of this was this, that, that it's real life, but also it's just this, what is our response when times of question come, when times of just waiting of God, how long am I going to have to wait for this? How long are you going to, until you answer my prayer, how long am I going to have to, you know, put up with people persecuting me or this situation or that situation? How long? And um, it's this thing of like, what is our response when things like this happen? Yeah. Um, because as we read, the, the, the person here has this response where like, we know they're worn out. We know that their eyes are straining to see, meaning for me, I read that. I'm like, they can't see that God's going to come through. Like that, yeah. They can't see with their eyes. They can't see. They're straining to see. Um, I'm shriveled up. Like I just think about those dry moments that we go through. Um, so you just, again, that's that real life. But their response is, but I put my hope in your word. Um, and then you know, verse 83, I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. Like, mm-hmm. even though they're, they're, they're being very blunt about what they're feeling and seeing, they, they keep coming back to uh, verse 86, all your commands are trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Like, so, 
you just see that the fact that they are experiencing where they're having to wait, they're experiencing these questions that they're having with the relationship with God, but they're not questioning God's word. They're not giving yeah. up on God's word. They have determined in their heart um, just to put their heels in. And I think I wrote somewhere in the comment or in my margin, just the fact of like, it should make us, when we go through these seasons, it should make us more anchored to his word. Yeah. Um, instead of just, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pushed down by, because this is going on in my life, it should just make us dig in more. It should make us more anchored in God's word. I love verse 87. They almost finished me off. Almost is an important word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they almost finished me off, but I refuse to abandon your commandments. And I, I, I just look at our lives and and, and and the church and Christianity and, and each one of us where you can have moments where you just feel like, man, I didn't think I was going to get through that. But I refuse to abandon God's command, commandments. I refuse to abandon his word in my life. And I feel like that's the breakthrough we've got to have. Yeah. And that should be our response because so many times that's where people give up. Mm -hmm. You know, Ben and I have been in ministry long enough to see that's usually when people stop going to church or they, you know, stop reading their Bibles or they, you know, whatever. They give up on their marriage. They give up on their kids. They give up on whatever. And it's because they went through a season that was hard and they were waiting and they were praying and they were asking those questions of how long, God, when are you going to come to my rescue? When are you going to do this? And instead of digging in, you know, they they lost their hope. Mm -hmm. But it all comes down for me to this one verse. It says, in, in I think it's 86, it says, all your commands are trustworthy. Yeah, And that to me just kind of brings it all together of how do we get through those moments where we're asking questions and we're waiting and, and it feels like it's never going to end. We don't abandon God's word because we know that it's trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's what the psalmist, that's how he was able to say that and get through this moment in his life. Yeah. Because he knows God's word is trustworthy. And so when you have that security and, and you're anchored to that, then basically, even though you're asking those questions and you're going through the season of how long God, when, you know, your, your foundation is that trustworthy aspect of God. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I just, I, I wrote down, you said everything I was going to say. So I just wrote down, it's not about, you know, in those times, it's not about losing faith, but remaining faithful. Yeah. And and I think, you know, again, I talked on, on Sunday about um, uh, just when when Jesus had that conversation with Nicodemus mm -hmm. and Nicodemus is like, when when are we going to see the kingdom of God? When is it? When, when are we going to see you establish something here and, yeah. and topple the governments and remove all of our suffering? And Jesus told him, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God talks about the authority, the 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 reign, the rule of God. Like yeah. it's it's all around us. It's in us. Jesus throughout the gospels would tell them that the, the kingdom of God is here. It's yeah. in us. But you can't see it mm -hmm. unless you're submitted to it. As yeah. soon as you submit to the rule of God, the, the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you see the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And those areas of of man, I, I, I don't see God working. I'm struggling. Again, it's my eyes are straining to see your promises. When will you comfort me? When is this all going to change? And Jesus is like, it, it's here now. Mm -hmm. Like everything I've promised, it, it's, it's, you know, yes, there's, there's a kingdom that's coming, yeah. but the kingdom is also already here. Right. But until you submit to my commands, you're not even going to see it. Mm -hmm. You can't see it. You can't understand it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's not about uh, it's it's in those hardest times where you feel like you're almost done. Um, just remember, it's not don't. Those are the times to not lose faith, but yes. to remain faithful. Yeah. Good. All right. Last one for today. Verse eighty nine says, "Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation, as enduring as the earth you created." Your regulations remain true to this day, for everything serves your plans. If your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, I would I would have died in my misery. I will never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. I am yours. 
rescue me. Mm -hmm. For I have worked hard at obeying your commandments, though the wicked hide along the way to kill me. Uh, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. Even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limit. Powerful, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Man, you're feeling, you're feeling down. You're feeling like you can't make it. Like, write this scripture down yeah. and just re keep rereading it. Um, so for me, when I look at that and I, and I see that, I just think this, like God is stable. God's word is so stable in our lives. I love the words that, that he, he says, you're eternal. Uh, your word stands firm. Your faithfulness extends to every generation. It's enduring. Like you just feel this stability mm -hmm. that comes from God and comes from his word. And then like, I love the fact, uh, verse 91 your regulations remain true to this day. Why are we doing what we're doing right now? Why are we reading this? Because of that. Your regulations, God's word remains true mm -hmm. to this day. Now, for this season of our lives, for us, not just for people, you know, a long time ago, his regulations remain true for us. And so everything that we're reading, all the principles, all the foundational truth, all the all the promises, like they remain true for us. Mm -hmm. And that's powerful. And then for 91 too, it says, for everything serves your plans. Yeah. I just wrote down like in my margin, powerful. Like yeah. that is powerful. The fact that everything, everything serves your plans. Mm -hmm. And if we could wrap our heads around that, like it would, that alone would just bring us peace mm -hmm. to know God, you're, you're in control. So we see, we see the stupid stability of God. I can't tell the stability of God. And then also the control that he's in control. He's working all these things out for our good. Um, he's not forgotten us. He's not lost anywhere. He knows what's going on and he's going to work all these things to serve his plan. Yeah. You know, we can look and see the world's falling apart. It's all falling apart. You know, no, everything serves God's plan. Mm -hmm. That's the power that he has. Um, and then that very last verse, 96, even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limits. Like I, <laughs> I looked at that and I was like the perfect, you know, perfection have its, have its limits. It's just the thing of like, it doesn't matter how perfect I think I am or yeah. perfect I strive to be I all I'm gonna have my limits anything all all the things around me man-made or myself or human like we have limits mm -hmm. but it says that your words have no limits the the commands of God God's word God's decrees God's regulations God's instructions have no limits and again that's one of those things where I just want to wrap my head around that because if I could begin to believe that with my whole heart, it will change the way I live. Yeah. Like you begin to just trust God's word and there's nothing that his word can't do in my life. Like mm -hmm. there's no limitation. And, and I know even as we read that and we, we say it, we sit there and still put limitation. Yeah. But God says there's, there's no limitation for his word. He can do whatever he wants to do. It's understanding his word removes the limitations. Yeah. Because when we speak, and again, this kind of goes back to that kingdom authority, yeah. kingdom mindset thing, is when you walk in the authority that God has given to you, which is accessible by obeying his commands, mm -hmm. it removes the limitations in life, yeah. right? Because um, I, I, I said, wow, just, I read that verse and I, just, I said, wow, like just <laughs> go ahead and be perfect, all right? If that's what you need in life, go ahead and try to be perfect, yeah. but perfection by human standards has its limitations, mm -hmm. right? Always. So you can try to have the perfect life. There's always going to be somebody that has a more perfect life than you. Mm -hmm. You can try to look perfect. You're always going to find somebody else that looks more perfect mm -hmm. than you. You can try to have a perfect career. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be somebody that has a more perfect career. You can try to, you know, perfect actions. There's always going to be somebody that acts more perfect than you do. Like you're there's, it's limited. You're just, it's limited by human standards. Yeah. Part of that is because it's a constantly moving 
there's constantly moving variables of what perfection is. Looks like, yeah. Right? Um, I don't know if you've ever seen those stories and pictures of what was the uh, the yeah. perfect female body in what, like the <laughs> 20s? I don't know. They do it where it goes throughout generations. Right? How and, uh, you know, uh, back in the, I think it was like the 20s, 30s. It was whenever the depression was. It was like a woman that had a little junk in the trunk, a little, little some meat on her bones, you know, a little on the plumper side. She was known as very attractive because it, it was actually a sign that she was doing, like in the middle of the depression, yeah. people were poor, they didn't have enough to eat. Yeah. And so if somebody had the meat on their bones, it meant that they were doing pretty well for themselves. Yeah. And so it was actually considered an attractive thing, right? And then you go through the, the heroin chic era right. where... It was like, unless we can see your bones and count the veins, like you're not attractive and you're not thin enough. Yeah. And so there's just this constant perfection is unattainable by the world standards. Right. Perfection is unattainable. But God says, if you will keep my commands, mm -hmm. there are no limitations. Mm -hmm. His commands are limitless. Yeah. They, 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 will, they will lead us to a perfection that only God can provide. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just... Understanding that of just we can't, yeah, just perfection by the world standards is is just going to leave you down a rabbit hole. And I think it's really important nowhere. too to not. When I read that, I tend to want to put my own ideas into what that means and looks like, mm -hmm. and that's dangerous in itself. I yeah. think where it's like, no, God, you can do anything. Yeah. You can do anything you want to do. It's a matter of do I give it to Him? Do I surrender it to mm -hmm. Him? Am I going to live by his word and trust it? Yeah. And then and then going all the way back and just kind of to, to repeat what you already said, but just I read verse 80, 80, uh, 89, the first verse there, your eternal word. Mm -hmm. You said it. Why are, why are we reading this today? Why, why are we doing this podcast? Why do we want you to read the Bible? Yeah. Why the Old Testament and the New Testament? Why? Because God's word is eternal. Right. It's eternal. Mm -hmm. And then the next verse, your faithfulness extends to every generation. Mm -hmm. It was not just for your parents' generation. Yeah. It was not, not just for the generation of the psalmist. Yeah. It was not just for Adam's generation. It was not just for Moses' generation. It was not just for Abraham's generation, David's generation, mm -hmm. Paul's generation, Jesus' generation. Like it was yeah. not just for a generation, but it extends to every generation. Yeah. Because it's eternal. It never goes away. It never changes. This is why it, there's no there's no limit mm -hmm. to it. Because it's just there is no beginning or end to God's commands. Yeah. yeah. They are eternal. And that's where we find comfort and peace. I was gonna say, I hope. find such hope in that. Yeah. Because it it is the one thing that is unchanging. Yeah. And I and I said it last week of just People want to change God, and yet I find hope in the fact that God is unchanging. Right. He's unchanging. Yeah. We don't have to wonder, oh, I wonder what God's standard of perfection is now. <laughs> like, how did it change this year versus last year? And two years from now, am I going to have to worry about something that I did now? No, because it, God's word yeah. is unchanging. It's yeah. for every generation, and it's, it's limitless in the hope that it brings, mm -hmm. can bring to all of our lives. Yeah. So that good, is it for ending. Psalm 119 today. Hey, real quick before we let you go, uh, we're coming towards the end. I mean, we've got another couple of weeks left of, um, of Psalm 119 to get through it. But I want you to go ahead and be thinking about something. Our next series that we're going to do, we really need your help. All right. So this is going to be interactive a little bit. What we need you to do is we're going to do a series called um, Bedtime Stories. So Bedtime Stories with PB and J, okay? So it's not really lunch with PB and J, it's like bedtime with PB and J, okay? But what we want to do is we want to take stories from the Bible, stories that maybe you heard as a child, uh, those bedtime stories, David and Goliath, yeah. Noah's Ark, some of these classic Daniel and the Lion's Den, these classic Bible stories that you heard as a child, which let's be honest, kind of get glossed over a little bit. Yeah. And I believe, we both believe they become that the, they become cutesy and we lose the depth of meaning that are in these Bible stories. Right. So here's what we need from you guys is we need you to start telling us what's your favorite childhood <laughs> bedtime story, or maybe just a bedtime story now that's from the Bible. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about those stories 
for a few weeks, as many as you give us, we're going to talk about them, okay? And uh, from there, we're going to take it into a little, maybe a little deeper place than the bedtime story you heard when you were a little kid. Because it's kind of weird when you think about reading a kid, Daniel in the lion's den, this guy gets thrown into a den of lions because he prayed. And it's like, where did I, oh, what great faith. That's awesome. He was going to be eaten by lions, people. God, flooded the whole earth. Like. We paint murals on in the nursery of Noah's Ark, and we forget that there, you know, there's people being drowned in those floodwaters <laughs> out there, right? And there's nothing wrong with that of us learning these things as we're little kids. But the problem is sometimes we don't take them into our adult Christian walk with God. What's the Bible say? When I was a child, <laughs> I spoke, I spoke as, a child, as a child, right? It talks about when I was when I was new to the faith. I drank milk, but now that I'm older, I need meat. <laughs> So we gotta, we're gonna, we're gonna make these Bible stories meaty. meaty. These yep. bedtime stories are gonna be meaty, okay? So here's what we need you to do. Whether you're watching, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, we want you to go ahead in the comment section, uh, just comment your favorite bedtime story that you'd like to hear us take into a little deeper level. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you can comment through there or send us an email, uh, lunchwithpbnj at gmail.com or comment on either Instagram or Facebook. And we need some stories to talk about, all right? So go ahead, start now. In a couple weeks, we'll begin a brand new series, all right? It's going to be awesome. I'm excited about it. I want to hear what your favorite story is, (laughs) all right? Love you guys. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having lunch with us today. We'll see you next week.